Yo. <laughs> Thanks again for checking out another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle, but you know that. <laughs> if you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. You can find a podcast just about anywhere. We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Overcast FM, Pocket Cast, Google Play, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, now on my own YouTube channel. So really, there's no reason not to subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> All right. So check it out. Here's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that this uh what we're doing now is featuring some albums this year that are that are actually turning 20 years old hip-hop albums that are turning 20 years old um and today we're going to talk about one uh july 2nd 1996 de la soul drops stakes is high and it's crazy when you think about it because it's like you think to yourself damn it's been 20 years (laughs) but it actually has been 20 years now, you know, De La Soul, if you don't know who De La Soul is, um, De La Soul obviously is three members, Paz, Paz Denus, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> plug one, uh, my man, True Goy to the Dove or Dave uh, and Mace, um, three cats from Long Island, and they let you know that they're from Long Island. And uh, of course, obviously, the group was formed in 1987. Uh, now, what's interesting about this particular group and this particular podcast is that unlike some of the other ones, podcasts that we've done, artists won their first album, second album, so forth and so on. Uh, this was actually De La Soul's fourth album, fourth studio album. Uh, they had dropped Three Feet High and Rising in 1989, um, came back in 91 with De La Soul is Dead, and uh, Balloon Mind State in uh, 1993. So this was the fourth try, fourth go round. Uh, One of the things that stood out about this album was the absence of Prince Paul, uh, the guy who actually founded the group, um, legendary Prince Paul. Um, So that was crazy in and of itself, but you have to kind of remember what was the backdrop of what was actually going on in July of 1996. I think really at that particular time, hip hop was very, very, what's the word I want? It was very visual. I mean, like it, it was about, I mean, hip hop has always been flossy or what have you, but it was very visual. You had the Hype Williams videos and, you know, the shiny suit era was coming in. And I mean, you know, you had guys that was just coming out that were just really, really flashy. And, you know, it really gave way to a, culture that was becoming kind of overblown as far as your money was concerned very money obsessed uh very misogynistic (laughs) uh and that's where hip-hop was and and you also have to keep in mind that at that particular time the east coast west coast beef was going on um and you know for the most part uh de la soul and the whole native tongue collective that they belong to um, they really weren't involved in that. They were kind of in the middle, but, you know, they didn't they didn't necessarily side on on the East Coast or West Coast or whomever. They were in the middle. And, and what they were trying to do was make a statement as the quote unquote jiggy era was unfolding. And they did. <laughs> 
Oh man, this album, um, this is a dope album. This is one of the best albums of 1996. Um, I think you don't necessarily have to be a De La Soul fan uh, because I think, relatively speaking, De La Soul was, you know, was and still is very, very much underrated and slept on by the masses. I mean, they know De La Soul's hits, uh, but you just don't know how. You have to sit down and actually listen to them and, and just understand how creatively and and how dope they are and what they bring to the table um so yeah it it was i think at that particular time they were this album was truly a breath of fresh air uh you have to remember like i said the east coast west coast beef was going on um and you know just based on some of the albums i'm I'm just going to tell you what was on the charts at the time i mean tupac's album was on the chart all eyes on me uh Fuji's were always already on the charts and <laughs> this is how bugged out it was and how tough the competition was. Take a lot of Souls album dropped July 2nd. Well, the week before, Reasonable Doubt dropped. <laughs> and the same day that Stakes is High dropped, Nas dropped, it was written. Are you serious? <laughs> so you talk about competition. So and and but that was good because you had all of this kind of music coming out and, and it was really, really fueling the genre. Um, now, if you want to take a look and see where, you know, I think some of the, the stellar uh, attributes to this album happen, I think you got to start with the production. Um, now, to their credit, and I don't think they get enough credit, but uh, most of this album was self-contained, meaning that uh, it was produced by De La Soul. Uh, and so that, again, in and of itself was kind of a break because, again, they didn't have the legendary uh, Prince Paul on this one. Uh, and he had worked with them on their previous three albums. So, you know, if you go into it, if you, you think back to that time, if, if I told you a month before the album's coming out, hey, yo, De La Soul's going to drop a new joint, but Prince Paul ain't going to be on it. Huh? <laughs> I mean, like you'd be looking like a, like you're crazy because he was heavily involved in all of the three projects prior to this album. Um, so you don't have uh, Prince Paul, but De La Soul produces most of the album. Uh, you also got help from uh, Spearhead X, uh, OG, uh, my man Skeff Anselm, and the legendary, in my personal opinion, the greatest producer, hip hop producer of all time. Rest in peace, Jay Dilla. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's my man. So I, I thought the production, man, it, it it really, really flows well throughout the, the album. And I think one of the things that kind of stands out is that the production, for as dope as the production is, it does not uh, override what they're talking about lyrically. And, and, and De La Soul used this platform basically to, this album more or less was a mirror if you will to show hip-hop where they was where 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 it was at the time and where it was actually going and i think when you when you're speaking and you're 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 diving into the lyrics i think sometimes it's easy to get lost particularly if you have a dope beat because a lot of times first thing people gonna hear is the dope beat they're not gonna be checking for your lyrics but that didn't happen Uh, I, i think for them, this was a perfect blend of dope lyrics and dope sounds. And, uh, you know, it was the beats, just raw. 
but they were tight. I mean, like they 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 were very very unique, very uh, a lot of samples. The samples were really really smooth, jazz influenced, soul influenced. Um, but again, they did not override what uh, Dela was you know rapping about or anything like that. They didn't get lost in their beats. So and that tends to happen. It didn't really happen a lot so much. In the mid 90s, it did somewhat as you moved into the 2000s. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was an, this was an incredible album, and like I said, it begins and ends with the production. Um, then you just you go down the track listing, and I mean, <laughs> I could literally you know talk for an hour uh, about each song. Um, I won't for the sake of time, but <laughs> but uh, this is an incredible album, man. I mean, first the 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 album starts off with the intro, um, and I thought the intro was really really cool because if you listen to the intro, the intro starts with uh, snippets, and it's just dialogue of people who are talking about the first time that they heard KRS-One's "Criminal Minded." And in my opinion, Criminal Minded is one of the probably top 10 hip hop albums of all time. Right. So you, you got that. And that was really I thought that was dope at the time because it was their way of paying homage to KRS-One, uh, you know, an MC who you know preceded them. And now keep in mind, this is 1996. So and they came out in 87. KRS had already been out. But, you know, it, Technically, he's one of their contemporaries, but they're still showing him love. And I think that that's and, and that's really what hip hop was about, particularly in, in 1996. Um, you know, if you could show that love and, and, and continue to, you know, push the culture, if you will. Um, so then you move on to the next song, Super MCs. Uh, the chorus alone brings you. I mean, it's a tight, tight beat. Um, nice samples from, um, uh, I think they sampled Run DMC, sampled Lottie Dottie, a couple other songs too as well. Um, Adventures of Super Rhyme by Jimmy Spicer. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> I'm getting sidetracked here. Uh, that song I thought was dope because they said, whatever happened to the MC? And then they said, MC ain't for you. And again, I think this is dope because what they're doing is hip hop at that particular time, hip hop was changing. It was moving in a different direction. Uh, some would say that hip hop was losing its lyricism. Um, and there's, you could make a, st a strong case that it was. Uh, but I think that was De La Soul really talking to the industry. Whatever happened to the MC? MCN ain't for you. <laughs> you out here talking about you an MC, but MCN ain't for you. So, um, again, I thought that was dope. Uh, dope track, dope track. Um, then you move on. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I'm gonna give you. Let me give you a little bar. One of my favorites. I, I, I said I wasn't gonna do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. One of my favorite bars. Uh, Paz says, he said, within this program of rap, I'll eradicate the, I'll eradicate the glitches. Yo, I'm dark like Wesley, but I'll be sparking more bitches. And then, and, and to them, my constellation put your lives in jeopardy, while others represent, I present my rep. 
Yeah, it was, that was dope. I, that's, that's like my favorite line in that song. Um, so then you move on, to, and, and I could do this for every song, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, then you move on to track three, uh, The Business, which is uh, with uh, my man Common. Um, man, this joint is so dope. I mean, first the, the beat comes in. Doom, doom, doom. I mean, like, if you can't bob your head to that, something's wrong. I mean, that is that beat is the essence of what I think, you know, hip hop is. That's a dope ass hip hop beat. And, um, you know, commons on there. And, and anytime you can get other. I mean, like De La was a that, that you know, they're two dope MCs within them within their own rights and so you know if they put somebody on the track like you had you had to spit you couldn't be you couldn't come on there half stepping with daylight so uh, my man common jumped on there he said i peep game like a referee in sole control of my destiny in the best out of three out of five i whoop anybody's ass in nba live <laughs> oh my god are you serious NBA Live was the joint in 1995-96. I personally spent many hours playing uh, NBA Live, and I pretty much whipped everybody's ass that I played. Um, so that that line had me hooked, man. I, I told you guys before, like I, a lot of times I look for a hook, uh, you know, a little bar or two that'll kind of reel me in, man. That when he said that, I was like, yo, and I was like, yo, I, I'll play common NBA Live. I'll whip his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um then you move on uh once again long island the next track another banger um then you get to number five then and it man then and it is like it is the quintessential daylight banger man it's just it's one of those joints where like you'll hear it like you can hear it at like 10 o'clock and then like two o'clock, you're still in it's still in your head. You're like, then and that, what, then and that. That's my joint. Um, and again, I could break down every facet of the song, but that, I don't I don't want to make a <laughs> I don't want to make a two hour podcast. Uh, then then you then the next song is the breaks. Um, another another type when they kind of pay homage to. Using the sample from uh, Curtis Blows the Breaks. Um, I mean, man, it's so many. When you listen to that song, it's, it's so many bars in that one where you just, I mean, those guys, they they, they they hook you in. Plug one and two, man. I mean, what can I say? I I could go on and on about that track. Um, Dog Eat Dog is the next track. Uh, I always thought this was funny because I, the the little dog barking in the background. Now the first time, that first couple of times I heard it, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't like. It. I was like, man, what is that noise? I was like, is that a dog? And I was like, eh, I don't know about this one. So this was a song that I didn't particularly care for and didn't really understand how it was on the album at my first couple of listens. Uh, after that, I was like, yo, I like this. <laughs> uh, then the next track after that is track eight and we go to and that's uh baby 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 oh baby um another one i mean like this one is it's a different kind of track but you have to actually sit and listen to it and i remember um you know the first time i heard it you know i really they drop so much they drop a couple of jewels in it and like they kind of fly over your head and 
then you realize like there's a part where um i think it was i think it was dave yeah dave was talking about what he was talking about no i'm sorry it's pause it was pause news he was talking about biggie you know it was kind of like oh for lack of a better term a subliminal diss uh, he was kind of like talking about bad boy because at this particular time bad boy was running hip-hop biggie was still alive at the time um and um and so was tupac but you know this was you know their battle going back and forth or whatever like that and to be honest i don't know if biggie ever took offense to it uh but he he kind of you know if you listen to the track I don't, and i'm not gonna spoil it for you but i mean you should know the track but <laughs> but uh but yeah listen to it and um pause he, he kind of he, he kind of took a little swipe at biggie I, I like that joint though um next track track number nine long island degrees uh, you know, one thing I loved about Daylight is that they they really really put on for uh, where they were from. You know, they let everybody know that they were from Long Island, um, and I think that was interesting because, like, at that particular time, I mean, we had what we had EPMD, we had Rakim, um, but and and Daylight, but you know, they, they weren't really. I mean, I I guess I'll put it like this: if you're if you weren't from the tri-state area, like you heard of Long Island, but you didn't know like where the hell Long Island. I mean, unless you were like a geography buff like me, you didn't know where the hell Long Island was. Like you knew it was in New York, but I mean, you didn't know. So, you know, but I, I thought that, that was really, really cool because um, at that particular time in hip hop, you know, all of the MCs that were coming out, they were either from Harlem or, I mean, a few from Harlem, but they pretty much was from the Bronx or Brooklyn or Queens. Um, and like I said, there were some from Long Island, not a lot, but uh, they really, really put on for Long Island. Um, next track, Better Listen. <laughs> Better Listen was was different, man, because it dealt with uh, a, a, a topic that really, really wasn't explored in depth back then. Women. <laughs> I mean, it really, really dealt with women. So I think when you listen to that track, um, damn right, you better listen. <laughs> uh, I think, I think, man, that that track is a good track, man. And they they really talk about how, you know, how women woman can be pursued, and 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 then how she reacts to a man pursuing her, and so forth and so on. Um, and then you know, it's witty and they're spitting rhyme and they're spitting game to it too at the same time. So. Um, Love that track. Um, next one, one of my favorite tracks on the album. Uh, it's so easy, man. With the lazy type horns, um, oh, man. That song. I, again, I could I could go bar for bar in this one. It's so easy. One of my favorite. It's one of my favorite De La Soul songs. Um, not my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. Uh, but a dope, dope song. Uh, then you got four more featuring Johnny. Um, and, and Jean A at the time was, you know, how, had they come out yet? I'm not even sure if they had come out yet. If they did, they were, yeah, they, I think they did. I think they came out right around that time. But that was good. I thought that was a good look putting them on the song. Um, another, another tight song. Uh, then you get the track 13, uh, the Big Brother beat. Um, man, when I say bars, I mean bars. This one features. Uh, most deaf and for a lot of people what well, not, not for me but for a lot of people this was the first time that they heard 
most deaf on the track. Uh, I'd heard most deaf prior to this, but you know, this was the first time for a lot of people that most deaf was exposed to the masses, and he ripped it. I mean, he tore it up, man. Great track. Uh, after that, Down Syndrome, Pony Ride. Uh, then you come to the title track of the album, Stakes is High. Um, this song is my favorite song on the album. Uh, this is, it's, I would say it's my favorite De La Soul song. Uh, man, and again, I could go bar for bar, but I'm, I'm going to hit you with this. My man Dove said, I'm sick of bitches saking ass. I'm sick and sick of talking about blunts. Sick of Versace glasses. Sick of slang. Sick of half-ass award shows. Sick of name-brand clothes. Sick of R&B bitches over bullshit tracks. Cocaine and crack, which brings sickness to blacks. Sick of swole head rappers with the sickening raps. Clappers and gats making the whole sick world collapse. Stakes is high, man. The stakes is high. Oh my God, he killed it. He killed it. That whole out. I mean, that that whole song, man, is and obviously another reason why I love the song. The beat is crazy. Produced by the late great Jay Dilla. Um, man, it, that out. I mean, that particular song, I think, was basically the blueprint for what they wanted the album to be, and then what they were saying to hip hop. Um, you know, it stakes is high. We're, we're at a, they, this album basically was saying like, look, we're at a crossroad. We either got to get it right. We got to either step our game up or we got to get it right. We got to get back to, you know, spitting and, and, you know, having a good time and, and putting out this great music or, you know, we're going to lose it. And to some degree, you know, this was a, 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 a staple in what, hip hop was supposed to be in the direction it was supposed to be going and you know for lack of a better terms in a lot of ways it went in the other direction um but uh yeah this 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 particular song is like i said my favorite song man um and i i I've always found it interesting that and i if i ever got a chance to you know meet one of the guys from de la so i would ask uh any of them um Dave or you know I'd ask Paz or Mace you know why would you put stakes as high at the end of the album I always thought that was interesting and I and I mean like from a from a fan's perspective I love it because it became like I said my one of my favorite songs but it's at the end of the album it's there's only one of the track which is sunshine which closed which is a great closure to the album I think um you know but man, I, I, I just I would like to know that because I think there has to be some reason because normally when you have like, I, I guess, like a lead song and this song obviously was released and they did a video for it, so forth and so on. Um, but yeah, it was on the album. It was actually track 16 of 17. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so, yeah, that that is stay. I mean, like I said, man, incredible song, incredible closure to an incredible album. Uh, I tell you what, we're going to take a quick commercial break, come back, and I'll tell you why I think this album's relevant and, you know, what impact it had on 1996. Uh, hang on a second. We'll be right back in a second. Was there a particular song or, or uh, artist that made you feel like this is what I want to do? Like, I want to rhyme. In the early days, man, it was just such a phenomenon. 
you did it. It was just like breakdancing. Like, you had to do it, and then all of a sudden, whoever was really good at it, they kept doing it. So, it was kind of like that for us. I think it's like everyone, it just touched, went from, you know, super rapping with Grandmaster Flash on to like, you know, whether King Tim or uh, Sugar Hill Gang. When, when it just came about and you heard the tapes and people DJing, you just wanted to do it. You know what I'm saying? You wanted to be a part of that. I mean, I don't even know if they feel that way. Like, even when it really first approached, it wasn't even MCing. I wanted to DJ. Like, the DJ was the man. Like, being able to cut and listen to tapes, you cutting back and forth, and someone on the on mic was just doing echoes. I, mean, I wasn't even really thinking from a lyrical standpoint. But um, hip-hop just touched you like that. And when you realize when a friend of yours would be like, yo, you beatbox well, or yo, you can DJ well, then you, you start getting that positive affirmation, like, yo, okay, let me keep trying it and let's see where we can go with it. And just like that, we're back. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, we're talking about Stakes is High by De La Soul. Uh, the album dropped July 2nd, 1996. So it was 20 years old. Um, my thoughts on the album, are pretty simple. Uh, I, I think this was a dope 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 ass album i think first and foremost man the, the album is lyrical and, and and for someone like me who really appreciates lyricism uh i still go back and listen to this album quite often and i think every time like that i listen to it i hear something different that i didn't hear before and i've listened to it you know hundreds of times and I think that that's one of the great things about hip hop when you can go back and listen to something that you haven't, I mean, that, you, that you're very familiar with, but you haven't heard it in a while or what have you. And you listen to it and you pick up on little subtleties of maybe a, a verse here or a word here that you didn't pick up on before. I think that's one of the beauties of hip hop and the musical genre that we have. Um, so the music, I think, like I said, the production is tight. I think, you know, first and foremost, uh, Dave and 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 Paz, they they're they're very complex MCs. Uh, they don't have similar styles, but they fit very well together. Um, and, and I know that those guys, they probably could have done, you know, maybe wanted to do, you know, big solo projects or whatever. Uh, and I don't know if the masses would have flocked to them the way that they did Daylight's projects, but you know, obviously. Both of them can hold their own. It's not like, you know, you got one guy in the group that can really rap and one guy's, right, you know, that type of thing. No, both are very, very well accomplished MCs that can hold their own, that can spit, spit, spit flames. So I think more than anything else, that's what you get from them on every song is the fact that, you know, you're not gonna have a song where plug one is down and plug two is up or, or vice versa. They're gonna give they're gonna give you raw de la soul, raw material and just like I said, great lyrics. Um so that's one of the things I think that really stood out about this album. Um I think part of the reason why it's as relevant as it is and as it was in nineteen ninety six and how it is today is because like I mentioned earlier De La Soul with this album, they basically held a mirror up and they said, look, you know, even and again, like I said, you, you look at some of the songs and you know, and there was a couple of references. They weren't mentioning anybody by name, 
But, you know, I felt like they took a couple of shots at, at Bad Boy and, you know, maybe, well, I don't want to say Jay-Z because he, really, he wasn't out yet, but, you know, the shiny suit era, they took shots at that because, and they took shots at people who weren't lyrical because they're like, look, we're lyrical. This is what hip-hop was about. You know, if you want to listen to that, hey, be my guest, but we're going to show you what the industry is turning into. And, you know, they, in a lot of ways, De La Soul with this album, it was a cautionary tale as to where we were headed, um, where we were getting away from lyricism and we're getting more into the commercialized, the commercialization of, um, you know, uh, hip hop. And, you know, unfortunately, we took that turn and, you know, we've been <laughs> we've been turning ever since. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's um. It, I think that's what this album represents. And I think that in and of itself, because De La Soul was very well accomplished. You can make a case that, uh, well, I definitely know Three Feet High and Rising, classic. De La Soul is dead, classic. This album here, Stakes is High, to me, if I had to give it mics, I would probably give it four and a half mics. And that's not to say that, you know, you know, I mean, uh, there's some that would give it five mics. That's only give it four. Uh, it just really depends on who you ask. But I don't know that anybody that would say like, yo, this is whack. Because it's not. That's why. <laughs> it's not a whack album. This is a dope album. Um, and then, you know, lastly, I think one of the things that people have to understand, too, is when you listen to this album, you also have to look at what was going on. Uh, this album dropped in the summertime, in, as I mentioned earlier, in July, sandwiched between uh, Reasonable Doubt, It Was Written, and Outkast's AT Aliens. <laughs> so, I mean... You know, you've got these albums coming out back to back to back to back. And, you know, not to mention, as I mentioned, Tupac was on the charts. Biggie was charting. I mean, like, so there was a lot of competition. And this album more than stands up to the competition. It holds its own. Again, this is one of the best albums of 1996. Period. <laughs> I don't know how to say it any better this is one of the best albums and keep in mind all of the albums that i've mentioned this is the one of the best albums in 1996 um and i think one of the things you know that really stood out to me about this album is de la soul not only were they saying hey we're we're dope we're lyrical this is what we do but you know you can also sense that de la soul was concerned about where hip-hop was going uh, maybe they saw that we were getting ready to get on the whack track. I don't know. <laughs> but this album, no matter where you slice it, this is a great album. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, listen to it. If you haven't bought it yet, buy it, buy it, you know, and listen to it. I mean, like it's it's the it's 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 the essence of MC. And I think in 1996, that's about all that you could ask for. Dope beats, dope rhymes. What more could you want? Thanks again for checking out another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. I'll holler at you next time. 5,000.